you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey everybody, it's Monday, November 28th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio, and we got the specialist cast of dozens that help us put this show on each and every week. So we are almost through week 12. We got one more game left to play on Monday night. It's the Steelers and the Colts. And now that things are coming into shape, are we feeling good about our playoff chances this year? Yeah, I'm actually having, I I know people on listening to the podcast and on Twitter might not believe it, but I'm having one of my better fantasy seasons ever. (laughs) I'm looking not only to make the playoffs in a lot of my uh, competitive leagues, but I'm in play for the bye as well. So I'm happy right now. Look at you. I think I'm about 50-50 in terms of making the playoffs and not, which, you know, it's always sad to not make the playoffs in a league, but it's also sort of refreshing to be able to like, just click oh, that yeah. one box and just like, that's one less lineup that I have to work Especially about. when we play in as many as we Right. Do. It's like, you know what? Okay. I, got, I heard I didn't make it. But you know what? That's also one less lineup I have to worry about on a week-to-week basis. Of course, there's still a couple weeks left in the fantasy regular season. We're going to try to help you as best as we can make your way into the playoffs. And to do that, we've got our five biggest takeaways of the week. Waiver wire targets. Got some mad movers. And we're going to do another round of cap or no cap. And hopefully we can figure out which one is which. Because I think the last time we sort of failed at that as a as a team here but let's get started with some fantasy headlines for the Green Bay Packers Aaron Rodgers left Sunday's game against the Eagles in the third quarter due to a rib injury a Raj also dealing with a thumb issue now Rodgers will undergo more tests on Monday but said if he checks out fine he expects to play in week 13 against the Bears Jordan Love came in and didn't look bad in the quarter or so that we saw him quarterback in the Green Bay Packers but if Rodgers does miss time do you still trust starting someone like say a Christian Watson next week I do uh I I think I'll feel a little bit better about it if it's Aaron Rodgers just because we know that those two have chemistry plus Aaron Rodgers is still last I checked a part owner of the Chicago Bears who they (laughs) face this week so that's a good thing but Even if it's Jordan Love, the Bears defense has allowed a ton of production uh, across the board. And 
Christian Watson's 63-yard touchdown catch this week, yeah, that came with Jordan Love, not Aaron Rodgers. So Christian Watson, who who has the ability to win downfield, to win we saw last night after the catch, uh, to be a great red zone presence, I, I think you just start him week in and week out moving forward. I saw someone tweet that there are really only two outcomes to a Christian Watson target. It's either a drop or a touchdown. Like, there's really <laughs> nothing in between, and that seemed to be the case last night. So I, I do think that the way they're using him, the way he's producing, there is still some upside there, even if it's Jordan Love starting at quarterback. The rest of the Packer pass catchers, yeah, it sort of remains to be seen. Down in Jacksonville, Travis Etienne left Sunday's game against the Ravens in the first quarter with a foot injury. Now, on Monday, head coach Doug Peterson said Etienne was cleared to return to the game yesterday, but the team decided to hold him out in order to not risk anything further. team was planning to do more tests, but Etienne said he's fine, and the Jaguars agreed. So I guess this is a long way of saying that if you were going to load up and spend a whole bunch of fab on, like, Jamichael Hasty or Daryl Henderson, I guess don't do that now, right? Yeah, I wouldn't be spending a ton of fab uh, to get them on my roster, but I do think it's a good idea to pick them up just in case, especially if you either have Travis Etienne or you're just a team that's been in need of running backs because my takeaway from this yesterday was like Doug Peterson did the right thing. Uh, Doug Peterson knows that the Jaguars are not competing this season, and he knows that everything is about 2023 and beyond, and the rest of this season is seeing what they have in their young players. If they're taking this uh, approach with, uh, Travis Etienne in a game like this if he is to get banged up again who's to say they don't take this approach again or maybe tell him like hey we know how great you are sit down for a couple of weeks or maybe they just say hey we don't want to give you this many touches each week so I, I think it's smart to have a hasty or a Henderson for very cheap just on the back of your bench now I know there are a lot of fantasy managers who don't necessarily share your level-headed view about the Jaguars <laughs> and their prospects and how they're they're, they're handling their players but uh, you're right. The, the Jags aren't really going anywhere. There's no reason to force the issue. Uh, I know it seemed a lot more serious because he left so early yeah. and they decided to not bring him back. Plus, they actually won the game. So it also makes it really hard to criticize <laughs> their actions when they figured out how to, to come from behind and pull out a win against the Ravens. So uh, we'll see what happens this week if Etienne plays and he's back in your lineup. But like Florio said, maybe go out and get some insurance just in case something like this happens again. More running back news. Michael Carter did not return after sustaining an ankle injury in the third quarter against the Bears. James Robinson was also a healthy scratch from yesterday's game. Now, as we are recording this show, we don't know exactly what the status of Carter is going to be. We're still waiting on updates there. But if Carter does miss time, which of the Jets backs? Because we saw a couple of them get in there. Which one do you think is the most interesting for fantasy managers? Man, I, I didn't know who this player was at this time yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, Zonovan Knight. You had who, no idea. Yep. Didn't on the know. fantasy app is Bam Knight it, on our fantasy app if you need to search for him uh, to pick him up. But they made James Robinson a healthy scratch yesterday. Uh, and then in a game where Michael Carter only played 28% of the snaps, it wasn't Ty Johnson leading the way. It was Zonovan Knight who played 49% of the snaps, led the way with 14 carries, and led this backfield with three targets. He went for over 100 yards. Ty Johnson had a good game as well, going for 78 yards. I think Johnson is the deeper uh, pickup here, but Knight in a game where they were clearly searching for running backs, they felt confident enough to keep feeding him the ball. So uh, if Michael Carter misses time, again, this isn't a situation though where I'm being very bullish and I'm going to spend a bunch of fab or be super aggressive to get them, but I think Zonovan Knight is worth picking up right now. Zonovan Knight. I don't know what's better, Zonovan or Bam, because both of those are pretty <laughs> good, but you're right. Yesterday, I'm, I'm scrolling through the box scores, just kind of keeping up with what's happening, and I'm like, who the F is Zonovan <laughs> Knight? No idea, but uh, he might be a name to keep out on the waiver wire just in case, and, and hopefully we find out more about Michael Carter at some point on Monday or maybe early on Tuesday so you can sort of make your waiver claims appropriately. Darnell Mooney is believed to have suffered a season-ending ankle injury on Sunday against the Jets. Now, there hasn't been a whole lot to get excited about in terms of Bears pass catchers beyond, say, Mooney and Cole Komet. As you're looking sort of across the fantasy landscape, if people need a waiver wire option, and we'll get to it in depth maybe a little bit later in the show, but anybody immediately who jumps out at you as a waiver wire option at receiver? Uh, if anyone does, it's Chase Claypool. Uh, he did win downfield. He had a really nice catch on Sauce Gardner, which is very impressive given how well Gardner has played this year. But this is, even if Claypool is the lead 
uh, receiver here, it's the same thing as it is with Darno Mooney. You're hoping for a big play. You're hoping for a touchdown. Otherwise, the floor is pretty low on a team that we know is going to run the ball a bunch and also on a team that we don't know if we're going to see their starting quarterback again or when we will. That, that's the big question, too, is when will we see Justin Fields again? There was that weird sort of three-card Monty thing they were doing with Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman and who's going to start and what have you. So I am going to be kind of hands-off with Bears pass catchers at this point. I, I'm still in on David Montgomery. Beyond that, I, I, I would rather look somewhere else if I need wide receiver help at this point in the season. So those are some early headlines. We also have some of our own personal, I guess, editorials here. Our five biggest takeaways from Sunday. We always crowdsource between the two of us. So for you, what is the first thing you learned from what you saw yesterday? I think Garrett Wilson can be started as long as Zach Wilson is not. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's sad to say that, that we got to this point. But in the first three games of the season... Zach Wilson, low point, low point was 9.2 fantasy points. His high was 30. And then you look at uh, all the games in between that Zach Wilson played. He twice, twice top double digits. And then, oh, Zach Wilson sits 26 fantasy points again. Like, there's that high ceiling from Garrett Wilson that, that we saw early in the year. And it's unfortunate for Zach Wilson uh, that it's come to this, but it's not even the first time. Like, I found a tweet of mine from last year that said all Elijah Moore needed – to be good was to, for Zach Wilson to not be starting. So that's two years in a row that his top wide receiver gets better when Zach Wilson sits. It, it's a tough pill for Zach Wilson to swallow, but it is exactly what you want if you have Garrett Wilson. Tough scene, indeed. I know that Jay Glazer reported on Sunday that the Jets are going to keep benching Wilson until he gains confidence, which sort of seems counterproductive. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> benchings will continue until morale improves. We'll see what happens, but it's nice to see Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore have some value. So from a current Jets quarterback to a former Jets quarterback, Sam Darnold has breathed some life. He has revived DJ Moore. I know it's only been one start, but I'm willing to go out and say that. Moore had his second 100-yard game of the season with Darnold starting at quarterback, and this was against a Broncos defense that we have been fearing all year long. It just seems the two of them have a connection. And you go back to last year where Donald, Darnold was starting and playing for the Panthers. Moore was averaging about 20 receiving yards more per game. He was averaging about three and a half more fantasy points per game. Those are significant numbers. And so it just seems like Darnold and Moore have a connection. Uh, it's been a frustrating year if you've been starting DJ Moore, without a doubt. But it does seem like having Sam Darnold back there does make him a little bit more viable. We're not starting Darnold, but it's nice to think we can trust DJ Moore a little bit now. Yeah, I, I think Darnold should start selling shirts that say, like, bleep it. <laughs> DJ, DJ Moore's Moore. down there somewhere because he was just <laughs> heaving the ball downfield and putting it up there for DJ Moore. And Oh, who knew DJ Moore can actually make plays if you give him a chance? Wild. That's a wild, wild thought. Never would have imagined it. Okay, so we go from an old USC quarterback to you learning something about an old USC wide receiver. Yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster reminded us that he comes with a low floor. And if you remember in the beginning of the year, uh, Juju was struggling to the point where like many people were wondering if they should drop him, let alone bench him, uh, because there was a bunch of games with single-digit fantasy points in a row. Then he had this hot stretch in the middle where he had three weeks in a row with at least 18 fantasy points, two of them going over 22 fantasy points. Then he got hurt, missed the game, came back, just 6.8 fantasy points yesterday. I know he was kind of limited, but this was still a game where Patrick Mahomes threw the ball a bunch. Like, I, he threw the ball 42 times, which surprised me against this Rams defense. I thought they would just run the ball all game. 42 throws, just three targets for Juju Smith-Schuster. That That's concerning. And what was even worse was that he didn't really play a ton of snaps. And this was in a week when he wasn't on the injury report. If, you know... If he had come into the week questionable, we didn't know what his status was, that sort of would have made sense. It seemed like everything was right, but he just wasn't on the field a lot, didn't get a whole lot of targets. You, that is frustrating. Do you think it was a case of, like, we're going to save Juju for next week against the Bengals, or is this something – like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about I'm, this. I'm going to say that they just felt like maybe we don't need a lot of Juju this week. You know, the Rams are, are just – falling apart I mean, yeah you know so like they, they also go out and lose Allen Robinson at the end of that game uh, after, because of a foot injury it's just a mess so maybe they just were saving him for down the road who knows the offense for Kansas City is fine the offense for the Baltimore Ravens looks like it is broken right now and it is sort of a mess Lamar Jackson ended up getting you about 23 fantasy points on Sunday but that's because he got a late touchdown run had about 80 uh, rushing yards but in terms of throwing the football it's a mess 
They don't really have a wide receiver they can count on. They're still waiting for Rashad Bateman, but you know, one week it's Demarcus Robinson. You know, they're they're trying to figure out, you know, to get Mark Andrews more involved and get him completely healthy. Isaiah likely was out last week. They can't run the ball efficiently or effectively. Gus Edwards was kind of a mess. It just has looked really sloppy for the last several weeks. And really, if you go back a while. Jackson only has 20-plus points twice since week three. So this has been going on for an extended period of time. And I know we keep waiting for that big Lamar breakout game. And you thought it was going to happen yesterday. I sort of agreed with you that it would happen yesterday against the Jags. I mean, are we, are we past time to be worried about Lamar? I mean, is, there, is there a corner that he can turn? Is it coming in the near future? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm starting to think like this might just be who Lamar is. And he was able to put up a, a solid fantasy game yesterday because of what he does with his legs. And, and that's why I think he's always in play. But yeah, we're not seeing that consistent week in and week out big Lamar performances. And I, I don't know. Part of me is thinking that a lot of it is the lack of playmakers he has around him. Like, Mark Andrews clearly is not looking like himself right now. And you take that away, he's thrown it like Deshaun Jackson. So right. it, it's it's concerning at the very least. Although we do know Deshaun Jackson can still beat you deep. Yes. At least, at least once a game, Deshaun Jackson can beat you deep. That happened yesterday. So the Ravens offense and their passing game can't be figured out, but maybe the Jaguars is coming together? I think the Jaguars passing attack is a thing. And for a while now on this show, we've both been high on Christian Kirk and, and saying that he needs more respect than, than he is getting. But then this past week, Trevor Lawrence had his best game as a pro. Uh, he threw for over 300 yards, threw for three touchdowns. It was his first career game, I think, with over 303 touchdowns and no interceptions. So, But he's been playing better as of late. He looks more comfortable in this Doug Peterson system. And what I love is... Zay Jones is also a thing in this offense. Zay Jones yesterday had a 38% target share, 52% air yard share. He had 14 targets. This is his third time in his last five games with double-digit targets. I think he's just getting overlooked. He needs to be picked up if he's still available in your league. Him and Christian Kirk and Trevor Lawrence, I think, are all in play next week when they get the Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah. When they play the Lions, I think everybody is in play there. Just a, a little uh, teaser. Zay Jones could find his way into the sleepers column next week. I'm just saying. Just saying. Take a look at the top performers for Week 12. Josh Allen at the top of the QB standings. Just a tick under 30 points for him. Josh Jacobs went kaboom. Over 300 total yards of offense. Two touchdowns, including the walk-off game winner. 48.3 fantasy points. My goodness. Justin Jefferson doing Justin Jefferson things. He got you 29.3. Dalton Schultz having another good tight end week. Just over 19 points for him. Justin Tucker, 15 points with four field goals. Justin Tucker missed a 67 yarder and we were like wow what happened i thought it was good right everybody's like i thought that was gonna go through (laughs) which is a ridiculous thing to say but that's justin tucker (laughs) and the dolphins defense just mauled the houston texans 18 fantasy points for them i don't know if you saw the quote somebody asked brandon cooks when did you guys know you were overmatched and he's like when we stepped on the field i feel bad for brandon cooks man man it is it's been rough for brandon cooks i should check his twitter account see if he's tweeting more cryptic things at this point (laughs) Let's take a look, though, and dive into some of these top performers. Josh Jacobs, man. And and we've talked a lot on this show about how so many people in fantasy, us included, were off the Josh Jacobs wagon, right? It just didn't seem like the Raiders were using him. They had him play a ton in the Hall of Fame game. But you want to talk about a dude who, while he probably won't be the fantasy MVP, probably is going to be the biggest value pick in fantasy. And he just showed us on Sunday exactly why he could be a big value pick. I mean, this was just an amazing performance. Yeah, and I mean, nearly 50 fantasy points. It's his best game of the season, but let's not act like this isn't, you know, who Josh Jacobs has been this year. He's been an RB1. He's been up and down a little bit more the last month, but this is his fourth game with over 30 fantasy points this year. There's very few uh, running backs who bring the same weekly sort of upside that a Josh Jacobs bring. And I watched this game very closely because I had a a matchup come down to Josh Jacobs. Mm And man, like I luckily I had Josh. I, said, I hope you were on the Jacobs yeah. side of it. I, I needed like a <laughs> huge day out of him to have a chance, and he more than delivered. So and, and like every play was designed to go to him. So I feel like they should just keep doing this, especially since he gets the Chargers next week. Oh yeah, if he's getting the Chargers next week, he might end up being the RB one in a lot of rankings against that Los Angeles defense. He's been great 
all season long and anybody who drafted him who took the chance on him congratulations because you know you end up with a great kind of a depth running back who's ended up being kind of an rb1 for you this year you mentioned zay jones a little bit and that jaguars passing game and sure christian kirk definitely a thing but zay jones 11 catches for 145 yards you can't start him every week but when the matchup's right maybe he's got some deep league uh, attractiveness to him yeah, I think people should uh, go out and pick him up right now, unless you're in my leagues, because he's already on my rosters. Uh, <laughs> Zay Jones is a player that... Zay Jones isn't available in my league. <laughs> uh, Zay Jones, though, he, he has been playing well. Again, two straight games with double-digit targets, three of his last five games. He is their wide receiver, too, opposite of Christian Kirk. I know Marvin Jones is still uh, get his at certain times, but Zay Jones and Christian Kirk are clearly the top two pass catchers in this offense that they're designing a whole bunch of plays to. And again, next week they get the, the Lions. The week after they get the Titans. Those are favorable matchups that I think Zay Jones could help some people sneak into the playoffs. And the best part of it is Trevor Lawrence seems to be looking more and more comfortable every week. He's getting a familiarity with that offense. He's getting a familiarity with his wide receivers. So things coming together down there in Duval. Kyler Murray, we know that he is good, but he just sort of reminded us, even though the Cardinals couldn't hold on and get the win against the Chargers, Kyler did his thing. A couple of passing touchdowns, also had a rushing score against Los Angeles. And I guess it's just a reminder that, that Kyler Murray, still good at football. What, is he a top five quarterback rest of the season? I, I, he's definitely in the conversation. Like, I would say top five for sure has like Allen, Mahomes, uh, to, uh, I guess, feel, yeah, he's in the conversation. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, he could still get better because this was his first game this year with both DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown, and Rondell Moore was out. So now you factor in after their week 13 bye, Rondell Moore's probably back. That's going to be the best allotment of uh, assortment of weapons that Kyler Murray's had this season, maybe arguably ever. So uh, I, I would say the fantasy arrow is definitely pointing up for Kyler. And he's not going to have Zach Ertz for the rest of the year. So he's still never going to have his full yeah. complement of weapons. And just in case that's not enough for you, he reminded you he can still get out and run. 56 rushing yeah. yards and the rushing score, too. So the floor should be raising. The ceiling probably going up as well for Kyler Murray. So if you've been waiting for it, I think the Kyler explosion is coming. The Chris Godwin explosion finally came. We had been waiting for that for a while. 12 catches, a buck 10, and a touchdown. I know it's going to be hard to count on each and every week, but at least for this week, it was nice to see Chris Godwin look like Chris Godwin again. Yeah, and coming like last week, what I kept saying about him was like he's shown to be a very reliable receiver, but he hasn't showed us that Chris Godwin upside game yet that we've seen so many times in the past. Well, that came this week, 29 fantasy points, over 100 yards, second straight game with a touchdown. But what I love is since week six, he has double-digit targets in all but one game, and in that one game, he had eight targets. So uh, he's looking a bit more healthy. He's finding the end zone, and he's getting so much volume each week that I think you just start Chris Godwin moving forward. I think you do. Just look, look who his quarterback is. Look who that offense is. Look at the fact that he's going to get a large target share. And hopefully, again, I don't think you're going to get this sort of production. You're not going to get 29 points. But if he can get you, you know, 15, 16 points a week, I think you're going to be happy with that. So those are the guys who were on the upswing. How about the guys who left you wanting more? It's our big disappointments of the week. And who let you down this week? I'm not going very far from Chris Godwin. In <laughs> fact, I'm just going to go on the opposite side of the field of him and say Mike Evans, who had nine targets. And if you have Mike Evans on your fantasy roster, you got to be like nine targets is all I can really ask for. Mike Evans didn't do a whole lot with them, though. Just two catches, 31 yards, finished with just five fantasy points. He's right now, I think it's seven games in a row without a touchdown. It's the longest streak of his career. But still, I, I still think you have to start Mike Evans every week. But he's certainly been very up and down, and it's been frustrating for fantasy purposes. You're starting him because the ceiling is very high, even though the floor has become a little bit low. I went and looked, and he's on pace again for another 1,000-yard season. I know it maybe doesn't mean quite as much when you have that extra game added, but it's just a consistency to Mike Evans year after year that at some point we just sort of take it for granted. I was disappointed by Jeff Wilson this week. And, I, look, it wasn't totally his fault, but we came into this week thinking this was a huge smash spot, right? Raheem Mostert was injured, was not going to play. Wilson was taking on the Houston Texans. It's as good a matchup as you could imagine for a fantasy running back. He got you double-digit points, 12.2, but that was a, in large part because he scored a rushing touchdown. 
it was not the huge blow-up game that we wanted from Wilson. Again, it wasn't totally his fault. The Dolphins jumped out to such a big lead. The Texans were such a mess in this one that they just didn't really need him. But that doesn't mean I'm not disappointed because I thought more things were going to happen. I thought this was going to be a big number. You know, he was going to get you 25, you know, 28 points, something like that. And he got you less than half of that. So it's just frustrating. I, the process was right. The results were wrong just because things beyond our control happened. So that's just me complaining about stuff that I can't, I can't really do anything about. Mistakes were made. People are there to be blamed. We'll get to a few of the tweets you sent us on Twitter at NFL Fantasy. Let's start with this one. GriefBacon84, which is hilarious. <laughs> Benching Brian Robinson. I mean, come on. How was I supposed to predict that? So is this... Is this user error or is there some merit to this? No, I think there's some merit to this. This backfield has been insanely tough to predict week to week. Like one week it's Brian Robinson leading the way. The next week it's Antonio Gibson. And there's no rhyme or reason. Like last week was like, all right, if they're playing with the lead, it seems like they like to use Brian Robinson in those games. Nope, it was Gibson. And this week it, it was back to being Brian Robinson. I've settled at the point, Marcus, where I think Gibson and Robinson are both just weekly flex options that you kind of let the matchup determine if you want to play them. So I'll say that I had Brian Robinson as a sleeper this week, but I, I don't fault anybody for not starting him. Just because, as you mentioned, it's been so inconsistent. It's been so hard to figure there. I could envision him having a decent game against Atlanta, but again, like I don't, I don't think that you were crazy because you decided to put him on the bench this week. It's not like you know, you're not out there asking, should I start Nick Chubb? That's all I'm saying. Super Mario. Can't believe I'm saying this, but not starting DJ Moore. I benched him because you all know why. So mad I drafted that dude. Again, I get it. I completely understand that one. Same. I, I had DJ Moore as a sit in my Stardom Sitem article last week. And what I said was, I said that he plays better with, with Sam Darnold. This is a positive, but it is the toughest matchup for a wide receiver. And if he goes out and has a good game, rather than beat yourself up about it, you should feel good that like, hey, I could trust DJ more the rest of the way with Sam Darnold. So put that positive spin on it. That's I think that's the way to sort of look at it. And again, again, I don't fault you at all. I mean, he's been awful all year. They were playing the Broncos. Everything about this seemed bad. But maybe what we take away from Sunday, and that's what we talked about in the first segment, is that now with Sam Darnold starting, we can feel a little bit more confident in DJ Moore. So have faith, Mario. Maybe things are, are getting better. Ray says, benching Miles Sanders for Alvin Kamara at the last minute after going back and forth all week, and then a series of clown emojis coming at the end of that one. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's Alvin Kamara, so I guess I get it, but Alvin Kamara hasn't really been Alvin Kamara this year. No, and, and in fact, like he gets the Bucks next week. I, I'd say I'll save you the time now. Go ahead and start Miles Sanders of those two. <laughs> uh, I, I won't beat you up because Alvin Kamara was your first round pick. But man, if we learned one thing last night, and we already knew it, but like start running backs against the Packers. Yeah, and this was a week that I was really worried. I was off of Alvin Kamara, but I was really big on Miles Sanders. But Again, I'm not gonna I'm not going to flame you too much for this, Ray, because I, I certainly understand the process, especially going back and forth. But I liked Sanders, didn't really love Kamara against the 49ers this week. Last one, Haley, Gabe Davis. I'm so sick of the up and down. I, I will let you as the Bills fan handle this one. I, I'm not gonna fault you, Haley, because this is who Gabe Davis has been this year. Like he's so up and down. This was a matchup on an indoors. Uh, against the Lions team that's allowed a bunch of production against receivers. I get it. They just didn't really use him a whole bunch. And he also, I mean, unless he's coming back to the ball, you always got to worry about him dropping it. So I think that <laughs> that kind of has led to him getting less targets as well. The thing about Gabe Davis, and I've said this a few times, he is a home run hitter, but it also means you're going to endure some strikeouts too when, when that happens. And I think that's sort of who Gabe Davis is. I feel like all the offseason talk about Gabe Davis, no matter what side of the argument you fell on, you were right. <laughs> you know, he does have the potential to have huge games. He also has the potential to disappear and leave you wanting more. So everybody can take a collective victory lap because you were right on some point about Gabe Davis. Hopefully that made you feel better about some of the mistakes. Probably didn't, especially if you took an L. But we tried. Anyway, we got more to talk about. We're going to do a round of cap or no cap about some things that maybe we're a little bit worried about and whether or not we actually think they're true. And we'll figure out which cap is and no cap is. We'll try to figure that out during the break. Bear with us on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen seems like an easy choice to me columbia pfg has you covered with their Castback tc shoe its omnimax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot say fighting a fish not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet rocking boat so if you're going to be spending long days out on the water and i sincerely hope that you will be head over to columbia.com pfg and shop all their performance fishing gear Your game on the go wherever you are. This is how you football. With NFL Plus, watch live, local, and primetime games on mobile and listen to live game audio now through Super Bowl 57. Sign up for the rest of the season with a special offer of $19.99. We're going to play cap or no cap here on the show. This is how it works. I'm going to read a phrase. We're going to decide whether that phrase is a lie, a.k.a. cap, or if it is true, a.k.a. no cap. So let's start. In San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey, CMC is no longer a top five running back. Is that cap or no cap? Cap. I want it to be true because Christian McCaffrey hasn't been the same player on the 49ers outside of that one huge game that he has been on the Carolina Panthers. But my issue is finding five running backs that I would take over McCaffrey the rest of the year. Like, give me Eckler, give me Henry. And then it becomes a discussion. Like, would I rather Saquon or CMC? That's really close. Stevenson, Chubb, uh, you know, 
there, there's Josh Jacobs. Like, there's other guys that are in that conversation. But I can't firmly today at least say, like, no, there's a definitive five running backs I'll take over CMC. He is still a top five running back for me. He is still a top five fantasy running back. So I guess that makes it cap. Now, I think the conversation here is that Christian McCaffrey is not the guy you drafted at the start mm-hmm. of the year, right? When he was in Carolina, he was getting 85% of the snaps. So far in San Francisco, that number has dropped to 58%. That's a huge drop in terms of how he's being used. His touches are down. He's about 14 touches per game since he came to San Francisco. And it's because they have an offense with a whole lot more weapons, right? They can get it to Debo. They can get it to Ayuk. They can get it to Kittle. Uh, I know Elijah Mitchell got hurt on Sunday, but he was another guy that they were using. So in terms of his usage, yeah, he's not going to be that guy. So he's gone from being an elite, like head and shoulders above everybody else running back to a guy who's above average and still pretty good, just not necessarily a straight-up league winner like you thought you were getting in the first two or three picks of your draft. So I still think he's a top-five running back because of what you said. Like, I don't know that there are five guys that I want ahead of Christian McCaffrey, but he's not just running away with things in terms of the scoring week to week. Mm -hmm. Let's stay in San Francisco, though. Debo Samuel is droppable. Is that cap or no cap? That's cap. Yeah. Look, I, I, I'm willing to say that Debo Samuel is a is a bust this year. If you yeah, want to say, I'll put the cap on now. Let's yeah. Just, look, let's, look, look. Let's we both got the, the same F cap going yeah, man, on right we'll, now. We'll put on the cap. Um, he's not the guy that you drafted him to be, and he is not going to be. So I understand that he's been frustrating. I don't even think he is a weekly must start option anymore. But he's not droppable. Like, he reminded us last week of the upside that he brings when he dropped 22 fantasy points. And then this week, he gets the Dolphins, who also give up a ton of yak. And we know that those are matchups that Debo can thrive in. So, again, I think he's more of a matchup play the rest of the year. He's not a must-start option, but I'm not dropping him. Brandon Ayuk has turned out to be the top receiver on that team this year, which is a little bit surprising. The other part of it, though, is, as I mentioned, Elijah Mitchell got hurt possibly going on IR, which means he's going to be out for a while. Debo Samuel may be picking up some of those carries again, too. So maybe he's getting some extra touches somewhere along the way. So I get it if you have a weekly debate over whether or not you're starting Debo. You're not dropping Debo. Let's just, let's just do away with that. DeAndre Swift. We're not asking if he's droppable because I don't think running backs. It's, it's hard to drop a running back. But DeAndre Swift is not a starter anymore. Cap or no cap? No cap. No cap. I mean, we're not he, we're not capping. Yeah, he doesn't start for his own team. He <laughs> probably shouldn't start for your fantasy team right now. Last week, Swift played 32% of the snaps. I believe that's the most he's played in the last month. Uh, he still saw just five carries, eight targets. That salvaged his day, but that's not reliable week to week because that was a game where the Lions were playing from behind for, for much, and it was just a matchup thing. Like, the Bills have struggled against running backs. Let's put the ball into DeAndre Swift's hands. He, he's sitting most games this past month between 8 and 12 fantasy points, and that's with having a touchdown in three of them. If he doesn't get you that touchdown, you're probably looking at less than five fantasy points. I don't want that player in my starting lineup. It has been nice that the Lions are using him a little bit more close to the goal line, even though it's still uh, Jamal Williams territory. But he's just been so volatile, and the floor has been so low that it is hard to make a case for, for starting him. But, yeah, like I said, you're holding on to him. Just because you need running backs, and if something happens to Jamal Williams, then Swift is thrust back in a big-time role, but his usage has dropped so significantly that I don't trust starting him in my lineup. Damian Pierce was the new hotness for a while this season. The last couple of weeks have not been good. So does that mean Damian Pierce is droppable, cap or no cap? Cap. Yeah, we're capping. I can't drop a running back that gets 80% of his team's work out of the backfield, especially not one who looked as well as Damian Pierce did earlier in the season. And I know last week I was on the show saying, like, he's had a really tough schedule. The Dolphins have been good against the running game as well. In the past month or in the past five weeks, he's played four teams in the bottom 10 in fantasy points allowed to running backs this week. He gets the Cleveland Browns, who outside of the Texans have been the worst unit at stopping running backs. Not only... Am I not dropping Damian Pierce? I'm willing to give him one more shot next week in my starting lineup. Everything you said is how I feel right now about <laughs> Damian Pierce. It's like I look at him, I'm like, I can't start this dude, but I can't drop him because he's getting so many snaps there in Houston, and the matchup next week is so good. The last thing I want to do is put him back out on the waiver wire, have somebody scoop him up, and then have at least a quality running back for the next few weeks. So it's frustrating. I I I endorse putting him on the bench if you have better options, but you're you're not putting him back in the waiver wire pool. Okay, let's get to something more positive. 
Christian Kirk is a must-start for the rest of the season. A must-start for the rest of the season, cap or no cap. I'm leaving that cap right there where it is. I, I think this is true. Christian Kirk right now on this season, I think if you ask people where he ranks amongst wide receivers, they would be surprised to learn that he is a top 10 fantasy wide receiver this season and not only is he top 10 he's giving you over 15 fantasy points per game uh he gets around a quarter of the targets if not more every week uh and I know yesterday, 8.1 fantasy points was a disappointment, but when you're giving most weeks over 15, 8.1 is a pretty solid floor. I, you know, I, was, I really wanted to say cap on this. I did, but I think because of that, I think it is no cap. And I remind myself of the volatility of wide receivers, right? That, sure, Justin Jefferson is great, and he's got that really safe, really high floor, there's only one Justin Jefferson. Yeah. <laughs> and now that we've lost Cooper Cup for who knows how long, that consistency, you're just not going to find it at wide receiver. And Christian Kirk is sort of giving you that. And I know we're not, we're not necessarily celebrating him across fantasy Twitter like we are some other wide receivers. But, yeah, may, maybe, it is, maybe it is no cap. Maybe he really is a must-start for the rest of the season. I, I was uncertain about that, and I kind of talked myself into it. So maybe not as exciting as Christian Kirk is Traylon Burks, who the last couple of weeks starting to make plays for Tennessee. So cap or no cap, Traylon Burks is a wide receiver two for the rest of the season. I, I'm this. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to say cap. Right oh, now. I'm going to say no cap. I'm not putting the cap on. I, I, yeah, no, we're not putting it on. I think there's a ton of upside here with Traylon Burks. Uh, he he's looking really good a, as of late. I just I'm not sure I want to fully trust Tannehill in this offense yet. I think he has the upside to be a wide receiver two the rest of the way. I think I'd feel a little bit more comfortable with him as a three or a flex, but the last couple of weeks, he's done a lot of his damage on the long ball. It's mm -hmm. great that they have someone now that can do that. I just don't know if I trust this offense to throw it every week. And yesterday, his touchdown was a fumble recovery. That, that's a little fluky. <laughs> uh, but there's definitely a lot of upside with Burks. I, I mean, I'm saying no cap. I would like to see him run more routes. I'd like to see him play more snaps than he has. But he's the guy who right now is earning targets. He's getting open and he's getting those looks. And you can't say that about Robert Woods right now. You can't really say that about Nick Westbrook Akine right now. You know, they're, they're cycling through a myriad of tight ends at this point. <laughs> so Burks sort of looks like that guy in the Tennessee offense. And yes, I get it. That offense is always going to run through Derrick Henry. As long as he's healthy, they're going to be run based. They're not going to throw it a lot. But Burks looks like he's earning his opportunities there and is going to get more. So I think he's a wide receiver, too. Now, mind you, he's, he's on the lower end of the wide receiver, two spectrum. He'll probably dip into wide receiver, three territory at some point. But I think more often than not, you're going to get wide receiver, two numbers out of Traylon Burks. And he is widely available. We'll get to waiver wire in a little bit. He is widely available in NFL.com. He should not be. Go, even if you're not starting him, go pick him up, at least to have him on your roster and have that option going into the fantasy playoffs. Let's take a look at some of the top waiver wire targets for week 13. Florio, who's on your list? Patrick Claibon would love that a couple of New York quarterbacks start the <laughs> list with Daniel Jones and Mike White. Jordan Love there as well because he has a good matchup in case he starts next week. Some running backs, Gus Edwards, who was the lead runner again for the Ravens and is widely available. Kyron Williams, just because someone's got to get the ball there. Samaje Pirine in case Joe Mixon misses more time. Zonovan Knight, who we spoke about earlier, I think he is worth picking up, as is Ty Johnson in deeper leagues for the Jets. And then some pass catchers. Zay Jones tops the list for me, followed by Traylon Burks, a couple of guys that we've spent a lot of time talking about today. Darius Slayton, do not forget about him and what he did on Thanksgiving. Chase Claypool, because he's the new number one in Chicago. And Elijah Moore, because Mike White is reviving careers in New York. Michael Gallup and... Alamade? Alamade Zacchaeus. I was going to butcher that name. I knew it. Uh, to finish out the receivers. And then David Njoku and Jawan Johnson. I know Johnson disappointed this week, but hey, he's still been more good than bad. He also did get an end zone target for what it's yeah. worth. It was knocked away. So they are looking for him in the end zone. This is the life of dealing with streaming tight ends. It's just going to happen there. By the way, if you want any more in-depth analysis on some of these waiver wire picks and more, go check out Matt Okada's weekly column at NFL.com slash waiver wire let's talk about a couple of these jets though because you mentioned mike white on the list and it's not a sexy name but the jets were way more productive with him yesterday 
against the Chicago Bears than they had been previously with Zach Wilson. And so, what, you're thinking two QB leagues, super flex leagues, White has some value now. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he dropped uh, 24.8 fantasy points, thrown for 315-3. and And this is the second time in like four starts that he's put up numbers like this. Uh, And and he even said himself after the game, he was like, I don't know if I'm the starter again next week. It's like, no, 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 Mike. No, you're the starter. You're you're the starter. It's safe to say. And, And the Jets... Next week they get uh who they get the the Vikings that's not a terrible matchup Mm-mm. the Bills after that then the Lions like then the Jaguars and the Seahawks like there are some favorable matchups that uh, if you're making the playoffs maybe been streaming quarterbacks Mike White can help you some weeks so Mike White steps in plays very well in place of Zach Wilson and. Elijah Moore has a couple of catches, 61 yards after the game. I know he was doing a post-game interview, and a bunch of his teammates were coming by saying, free Elijah, E is free, like all these things. His teammates were super happy for him. The production is great, 14 fantasy points. The thing that worries me, though, Mike, he only had two targets. I think he only played like 34, 35% of the snaps, so the snap share is still really low, but I guess there's reason for optimism after what we saw yesterday. Yeah, Moore is not the kind of player to pick up and plug into your starting lineup right away, but he's just one of those guys that, like, there's upside here, and if you have a roster spot on your bench that you could take a wait-and-see approach, he's a fine upside shot worth taking because we know from last year and what we saw yesterday that Mike White likes to target his slot receivers. Elijah Moore is going to be his lead slot guy, and I love that his two catches, one was a touchdown, one was a 40-yard catch, like, like, there's a lot of potential here with Elijah Moore. We know that. We just need to get him the ball more. And if Mike White can do that, I think there's there's upside down the road. Let's hope that this is the start of something good for a guy who really has just kind of languished in obscurity pretty much all season long. Olamide Zacchaeus, I don't want to say he's the, the Falcons receiver that you have to have because I don't think that such a thing exists in 2022. But there does seem to be some upside here because this isn't the first time he's gone out and had a good game. And shout out to Adam Rank, who I think had Zacchaeus as one of his like five guarantees on Fantasy Live. But I guess if we're if we're checking on Falcons pass catchers, Zacchaeus seems like a dude that we should at least pay attention to, right? Yeah, we we know the floor is very low here, but this was the first game without Kyle Pitts, and the thought was like Drake London would get more involved, but then who else will be the one that steps up in this passing attack? And Drake London really wasn't all that more involved. He had just four <laughs> targets. Zacchaeus had eight, led the way. Uh, and what I like about Zacchaeus is he's the receiver that they like taking their downfield shots with. I think they should try more with, with Drake London because we know he could win downfield. But as long as they're using Zacchaeus in that role, there's some up. He's a deeper league guy for sure, but mm-hmm. there's some upside here. So Zacchaeus getting some opportunities. The moment we all start to buy into him is when Kaderil Hodge comes to life in Atlanta because that's just how things work there. Gus Edwards, I know it wasn't a great game for him yesterday. He lost the fumble. The Ravens struggled to, to run the football. 9.2 fantasy points for Gus Edwards. Not a great day. But still a run-heavy offense, and he's still the guy who right now is the lead running back. So I feel like that alone, it's sort of like we talked about Damian Pierce, right? It's hard to completely go away from Pierce. Same thing with Edwards. He's just going to get opportunity in, in Baltimore. Yeah, 52% of the snaps yesterday. He had 16 carries. The other running backs on the team combined for three. He and they he had one target. The other two running backs combined had one target. So like all of the production is going towards Gus Edwards. I know he struggled on the ground yesterday to turn it into a whole lot. That could be just who he is at this point right now, but When we're talking about a running back getting that much work, I think you want him on your roster, especially because Edwards does have a track record of success, and the Ravens' run game is one that, at the very least, you want some exposure to. You want some exposure to it, so I feel like Gus Edwards should be on rosters. You can debate, depending on who you have, whether or not you're starting him, but at least go pick him up. If you're going to pick people up, that means you're probably saying goodbye to somebody, so who's somebody that can be put back in the pool now? Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kareem Hunt just this past week only had five carries. He's not really been used in the passing game a whole lot. Now we're talking about Deshaun Watson coming back, which leads me to think over time the Browns might get more pass happy than they have been with Jacoby Brissett. But either way, I don't expect a bunch of dump off passes to the running back. That's what Kareem Hunt, uh, that's how he's made, you know, do the last couple of years with Baker Mayfield. You take that away. Then Marcus, he is the Texans next week. 
And I was like, I can tell people to start him with 0% confidence. And if I can't tell <laughs> people to start you against the Texans, you're not worth rostering. Yeah, it just – I don't know where it fall, fell apart for Cream Hunt this year because he's not getting the targets. He's not getting the carries. He really is very much a, hey, you know, Nick Chubb's run, a, run really hard. He just needs to take a breather for a minute. Like, Cream, <laughs> now you get to play. And there's just no fantasy value in that. The only way I would want to roster Hunt is if I have Nick Chubb. That's it. And that's, that's basically pretty much as a handcuff yeah. at this point. That's all. Cam Akers can go back to the waiver wire. And I feel like we've said this a bit, but I feel like we all were off Cam Akers because we just didn't know what to expect. Then the Rams went out and released Daryl Henderson, so everybody went back to Cam Akers thinking, well, hey, man, this is going to mean more opportunities. And then Kyron Williams came in and got most of the snaps and most of the touches there. The Rams' offense is a mess. In reality, you probably don't want any parts of it. I don't know that Kyron Williams is a great pickup or a great ad, but I think at this point we can safely say that Cam Akers Ain't it. 3.7 points yesterday against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Rams are going to be playing from behind pretty much the rest of the season, I would imagine. So not a lot of opportunities for Akers to run the football. He's not really involved in the passing game. He right now is rostered, in, I think, 54%, I believe, of NFL.com leagues. That was at least as of Sunday evening. We can we can just say goodbye at this point. There's there's no reason to keep holding on to Cam Akers. That dream is dead for 2022 time for our Madden movers the chance for us to give some love to guys we didn't really get to in the show and we think they deserve a boost from EA Sports and the Madden game so who deserves to be moving on up this week Ramondre Stevenson who right now is an 80 overall he dropped over 20 uh, fantasy points it's his third time this year having 19 and a half fantasy points or more in a game without a touchdown that is how you know you are an elite fantasy asset and that is how you should get a Madden bump uh, since since like week eight, he leads running backs and targets, catches, receiving yards, all of that. So Ramondre played on Thanksgiving. Also, Isaiah McKenzie played on Thanksgiving and had a really big game there. And I know that uh, Haley was frustrated about Gabe Davis. Well, she can sort of thank or blame Isaiah McKenzie for Gabe Davis's lack of production because he had six catches for 96 yards and a touchdown, 22 fantasy points. And he has been inconsistent. That's not a surprise. He has been sort of who we thought he would be, but had a nice big blow-up game against the Lions on Thanksgiving to help the Bills get a win, and hopefully he can help your Madden squad if he gets boosted a little bit this week. Uh, who else deserves a Madden bump? James Conner, who at 78 overall I, I thought was just too low, especially considering what he did this past week. 25 carries, a buck 20 on the ground. Then he caught all three of his targets for 20 yards and a touchdown. I know he's missed time this year due to injury, but this is a guy who was a league winner last year. He scored 18 touchdowns. Uh, I, I think he's just a reliable weekly RB2 that you could start and know that he is RB1 upside each week, and he's a 78 overall. I feel like he should at least be in the 80s. I think with his usage, he might be an RB1 the rest of the way. Kind of a low end there, but I, I, I do like him a lot the rest of the way. Mine is Josh Oliver, my last one here, not because he's going to have some kind of long-lasting upside on a team that has Mark Andrews, but it was a Josh Oliver game against the Jaguars and he scored a touchdown four for 76 and a touch 17.6 fantasy points he's a 68 overall so maybe we get him a little bit closer to 70 maybe just a notch or so that would be kind of nice if we could do that so Josh Oliver congrats on having your big game this week of course, uh, you can always check us out uh, in your podcast feed. You can see us live on the NFL Fast Channels, the fantasy app, and YouTube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. So be sure to check us out there. In the meantime, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, maybe you're not an early bird or a night owl. Maybe you're just a permanently exhausted pigeon. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Wow. Wow. Wow.